It's that episode, not that episode, not that episode. It's that episode. It's that episode with Craig Rowan. Welcome to It's That Episode, the podcast where I invite a guest over to my apartment to watch any TV show they choose, and we watch it, we talk about it, and other bullshit. Uh, Today, I'm very happy to have Eric Drysdale in my apartment. Uh, Eric is a writer for The Colbert Report, and you might know him from his 3D Viewmaster show uh, in New York City called The Man With Feet. Yes, hi. How you doing, Eric? And it's also available, you can just buy the Viewmaster reels. That's awesome. On Amazon? On Amazon. Um, Welcome, Eric. How are you doing? I'm good. How are you? I'm doing pretty well. Um, I'm excited for the show you chose. Uh, Why don't you say what you chose to watch today? Uh, This is an episode of Buck Rogers in the 25th Century, Season 1, called Space Rockers. And I'll just read the thing here. When the act of listening to the music of the rock band Andromeda starts making teenagers violent, Buck tries to stop the villain who's planning to broadcast their upcoming concert... Jerry Orbach and Richard Mole guest star. I love that um, Richard Mole, Richard Mole is mentioned as a guest star. Because yeah, he's barely in it, and, well, and it's also like I had really. I was like, do I know who Richard Mole is? Then I had to look him up, and I was like, oh, that it's it's Bull, What's his name? Bull from uh, Night Court. From Night Court. I was like, I don't know if that's worth mentioning as a guest star. We'll we'll see. We'll we'll see. Um, so why did you? Um, pick this show, and why did you specifically pick this episode? Well, I have I picked this episode specifically before I picked the show because I have an affinity for um, bad sci-fi that involves music somehow. Mm-hmm. Uh, so this fit into that, and I hadn't seen it since it aired. Uh, I had seen a couple clips of clips of it, uh, but it, it was something that I wanted to take another look at. Um, so you say that you're a fan of bad sci-fi with music. So are there that many that like shows or like examples of that? There, there are more than you think. Uh-huh. Uh, there's um, not so much on. T- well, there are a couple TV ones. There's uh, there's also there's the Apple, which is a film from 1980, takes place in a dystopian 1994, where a music producer takes over the world, sort of. Uh, there's uh, one called Tomorrow, which is uh, Olivia Newton-John. Before she was famous, she did a thing where she plays a uh, a band at a at an art school, and these uh, aliens get tuned into the vibrations from their band, and they learn how to have emotions and be musical. <laughs> There, so, there are a bunch of them. There, it's there, so weird that there's that many of that specific. Um, it's such a specific there genre. That, there aren't that many. They're just all delightful to me. Um, yeah, I and I've I actually had never seen um, an episode of Buck Rogers in the 25th century. I sort of I knew it was originally in the 20s. I guess it was a pulp comic, uh, Buck Rogers. Maybe later. I think. Okay. But I, I don't. I don't know. I did very minimal research. Um, <laughs> and uh, and. Um, and then I looked up, and I, when I saw a clip of this, I was like, this has to be a ripoff of Star Wars. And then it came out the year after Star Wars. Right. And that, I think, was part of the reason that I remember it, and I remember watching it when I was a kid, because it was the days before you could go and get a videotape at the video store, and you were just you would just have to wait for the next Star Wars movie to come out for two years. And it was just like anything that appeared on TV that had that sheen of like space and spacecraft. And there was a real effort on their part, it seems, to cash in on that. And it really looks and it doesn't feel anything like it because it's terrible, but it it is obviously going for that. Oh, totally. Well, the shots that I saw, I watched, as I said before we got on the mic, I watched part of an episode called Space Vampires, and uh, and the shots of the ships from outside look like exactly, I mean, they look not exactly like Star Wars, exactly like a ripoff of Star Wars. Yes. It's um, it's pretty phenomenal. And so this must have tided people over, because this show only lasted two seasons, so basically right. between... Uh, Star Wars: New Hope and uh, Empire Strikes Back. This was probably, and I think then just barely. <laughs> Even then, people were not satisfied at all. No. Um, just so you remember watching this show when you were a kid? I don't. I don't necessarily remember watching this particular episode, but mm. I definitely remember watching. I remember watching the show, and we can talk more about that when we're done because mm. 
there were aspects of it that sort of had stuck with me that I had questions about that hopefully this will help answer. Okay, great. Um, and for for somebody who's never seen the show, how would you? What would you like describe some of the like most notable um, aspects about the show? You mean in terms of like like character wise, or like things that sort of jump out of you as like memorable or memorable for being bad? Um, I think it's fairly self explanatory. Like I, I'm actually interested to hear what you what your take on it is. Just, okay, I'm excited. Uh, I, mean, I- I don't want to. I don't want to set you up with any preconceived notions. Okay, I'm excited to get. I'm excited for Space Rockers. I'm excited for. I also like the fact that from the clips that I saw that it takes. It starts in 1987, which is the future. Yes. And that it ends. It, then it's in what 2491 is like yes. the year that it takes place. So both, like any good sci-fi show that takes place in the future, it starts only slightly in the future. Right. Um, like one of my favorites, Quantum Leap. Which is oh, I don't, I don't know when that started. I think I don't think I've ever seen an entire episode of that. It's great. I've heard it's it's, but that's like real sci-fi though, right? Yeah, I mean it's like realer. You'll that's the other thing about this is this. Not that Star Wars is real hard sci-fi, but the sci-fi in this is terrible. And also, before we watch it, I think I read that the guy who created this show also did Battlestar Galactica, which that's right. Around the same time, right? That is true. And was that a show that you watched as well? I did at the time for the same reason that it kind of had that Star Wars sheen to it, but I think that even lasted less time. Right? I, I have. I actually don't know. I've watched the most the recent version of Battlestar Galactica, but I I don't. My know sense much. is that that's much better. Yes, that's uh, what I've heard, and much more interesting. So, would you say the was the first Battlestar Galactica sort of equivalent to this, like bad wise? I got. I don't know. I, I haven't seen it recently enough to know. I get the sense that it's slightly better, but well, this uh, another thing I read. So is cholera. <laughs> yes, cholera is slightly better. Um, I also read that it must be better than this because I also read online that they used used uh, costumes from Battlestar Galactica in this, which means that Battlestar Galactica was probably the top. Uh, priority for them and then this was sort of the runoff yeah something like that i know that they shared props and costumes um so cool so let's uh why don't we check it out let's check it out space rockers uh battle uh not Battlestar. um uh buck rogers in the 25th century i've got a vid library of all your performances andromeda will appear tonight at 1900 hours exactly as scheduled and none of your mindless fans will know it's not a live transmission. Put them somewhere safe. I'll think of a suitable accident later. It's been almost two hours, Twiggy. Mangros must have Andromeda somewhere. He's probably going to try to force him to play. That's not music to my ears. It's not to mine either. Right, if we can find that ion transmitter... And destroy it. Mangroves can't do anything. But where is it, Buck? I believe I can help, Captain. My sensors indicate at this moment it is in Mangroves' office. This is an old military satellite. Do you have the plan stored, Theo? Yes. Is there some way to get to his office without being seen? The only possibility is through the waste disposal system. That's a way? The only way, Captain. But unfortunately, the duct is too small to accommodate a man in certain areas. How about a little squirt like me? A little squirt? It's got to work. You don't have any alternatives. So give me a boost, Buck. Come here. All right, Twiggy. Theo will show you the way. When you find that transmitter, destroy it. Gotcha, boss. I'm going to try to locate Andromeda. Before Mangroves takes some action, we might all regret. Good luck. All right. So we just watched um, Buck Rogers in the 25th century. Space Rockers. Space Rockers, which was unbelievably bad. Yeah, it was not good. It was really bad in many, many ways. But it very enjoyable in many, very way, enjoyable. In many ways as well. Yeah, it's... Uh... I don't even know where to start. Yeah, I mean, I guess we should just give a basic synopsis because the synopsis they they get, I mean, 
basically um, Jerry Orbach, who looks unbelievable wearing a purplish, futuristic satin and polyester suit. Yeah, it's a very 80s-ish bad guy suit, kind of pre-thriller, but (laughs) you can see that the same 80s kind of uh, shoulder pad influences Yes, there. yes. And it's just so funny to see him in that character because he's just always Jerry Orbach. Like, right. Lo- it's just him rather than a regular suit. He's wearing this. I didn't, I didn't get the sense that he was trying that hard. Yeah, no, no. Oh, definitely. I just, I love the idea, like, like when, if somebody was later working with him, just like holding up that picture of like, remember you were in this and how could you not laugh at yourself dressed in that outfit um so he plays um oh basically <laughs> there are different worlds i guess in this uh, on spaceships because this is uh this spaceship is called music world well i don't think it's like there's a music world and then there's like a <laughs> macrame world. world or i don't think it's like that i think the music world is a special case right I, that's a, the sense i get it's a spaceship called world music world right where it used to just be purely music, but it's since been sort of taken over by, uh, what did they say, taken over by evil sort of music promoters. It got it more... Evil, evil music promoters. Um, it got more, and, and, and while music used to be um, purely about expression, it eventually was taken over by just greedy music promoters. Right. And the most popular group is called Andromeda. Mm-hmm. And, you, and you can see why? You can see They're, why they, yeah. How, explain, how do you explain their music? It's like a demonstration for a Casio keyboard. <laughs> over and over and over, over. and over again. But the three people that are performing it are, like, hitting lights. Like, that's the instruments are just, like, light bulbs and, like, light little, up. Little acrylic pieces of junk. Yeah, exactly. And uh, they are dressed in basically Christmas lights. Yes, they're wearing Christmas lights and then all of their fans they're basically blasting out their music concerts from Music World and teens who look like they're all 30 years old are on different uh, spaceships dancing to it where they sort of hold this like electronic plastic light up snake type thing around them and they're like Right, like at a bar mitzvah they hand out yes. the, uh, the, the light sticks but these are these are some kind of technologically advanced bar mitzvah light sticks <laughs> that they hand out, and everybody sort of grooves along with these kind of snaky, also Christmas light technology. Yes, a lot of all, Christmas light technology it, used in. It's the best uh, mix between bar mitzvah and Christmas lights um, I've seen yeah. personally. Um, so Andromeda is the biggest group in from music world and Lars what's his last name I forget Mangros <laughs> Mangros who's Jerry Orbeck is this guy who I guess used to study brainwaves I don't know and and he basically puts a subliminal message of some sort into all the music that just makes teenagers riot I think the cutoff is under 30 mm-hmm. for <laughs> yeah. some reason yeah. They mentioned that at one point. Anybody, everybody in the galaxy under 30, blah, 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 blah. Because there were other people around that weren't affected. Yeah. It, it, I mean, the, the logic in it is not very sound. No. To, to be uh, fair. And um, so they realize that there's all this rioting. And then uh, Buck Rogers, who is from the 19, in 1980s, is, is now... <laughs> Love that they, they like they want him to infiltrate music world so like they come up with this contrived thing where it's like I'm from 1980 so I obviously like rock music so I'll introduce the band and I'll infiltrate music world right and this actually I because I've actually because this this um kind of getting ready for this I was like thinking about specifically the robots but I went back and I watched a, a little bit of the um the premiere the pilot episode. It's a uh, 90 minute movie. And just to kind of get the background on like Buck Rogers and how he got to this place and whatever. So, yeah, in one or two of the episodes, one of the reasons why he's useful to this like new Chicago kind of Federation starship, whatever authority it is, is because he doesn't have an identity. And like ostensibly in the future, like you, like he goes, one episode that I watched a little bit of was called like Vegas in space. And he goes to like the space Vegas and he's, a, he um, 
they give him a fake ID, basically. And because he's Buck Rogers and is not, like, in any of their databases, he's, like, free to do that. But at the same time, he's also a celebrity. Because mm-hmm. <laughs> every, t- every time he goes somewhere, somebody goes, it's the famous Buck Rogers from from the 500-year-old man. So... It doesn't make any sense. So it's basically for them, it's whatever fits the plot. It's either he's a complete unknown or he's like one of the most well-known people. Exactly. Um, which So and in this one, he's one of the most well-known people. Yeah, it he, makes perfect sense for Buck Rogers to introduce Andromeda. I mean, even if he was one of the most... I mean, it's such a stretch that he... It's like, I'm from the 80s. I like... So people associate me with music? Like, what's, <laughs> what's, what's the connection? Like, the, the 80s is a decade where if you're from it... Like oh yeah of course it's actually it's technically 1979 right, oh, well, I, right. well, no but I guess he's from no, he's, he, you're right he's he, 1987 he flew off in 1987 right so maybe the, their projection in 1979 writing this was in the 80s it'll be the music generation or I don't know I have no idea what they were thinking well no I think he said that he says I come from when rock was born right mm-hmm. yeah. As if anybody 600 years... I don't know. Who, who, who knows? So, well, she didn't know who the Beatles were. Oh, that's right. That was one of the like the worst jokes of the thing. I mean, and there were plenty of bad jokes. Uh, was he goes... Uh, they're like, Andromeda, the band. And like, oh, they must be as popular as the Beatles. And then she goes... The who? No, not the who. The Beatles. <laughs> it's like, thanks, Dad. <laughs> like a show. So... Yeah, so there's this aspect of the of it, which is a lot of the humor in the show, I think, is the supposed humor, comes from Buck dropping these, like, 20, 20th century, um, you know, uh, idioms and right. turns of phrase. And everybody kind of, whenever he does that, people go, a what? The who? And, but the thing is, is the Tweaky, the robot... Is like a wise-cracking robot and uses all of the same stuff, and nobody ever questions it. Right. So Twicky is a I, I don't know how you describe what it looks like. It's like a three foot tall. Sort. It sort of looks like the the female uh, robot in Spaceballs. Like if it was uh-huh. shrunk down, I forget what the character's name is in Spaceballs, but it's like sort of has like a, a woman's hairdo. And but the voice is Mel Blank. Yeah, it's who, who's the voice of Bugs Bunny. Yeah, and uh, and another ep- show I watched on this podcast, uh, Heathcliff. He's, I mean, oh, he, really? Yeah, he was Heathcliff. Aww. So he, I mean, he's, a, I mean, obviously did voice acting all through the years. But this is one where it's like, it's just a very generic voice. Yeah, all of, and he does all these really bad jokes. Um, like at the end of the episode, I think the last line. So we'll get to the plot, but basically they save the day. <laughs> at the end, he was like, "What does he say? It's it's still rock and roll to me, or it's um, he says." Uh, Long live rock and roll, something like something that. like that. Just like why, why even? Why is the why is what is the robot's purpose? <laughs> yeah, exactly. First of all, like just why is that? Ra- well, I mean, this is the thing. I went back to the 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 pilot because I like I could not figure that out because we when we started watching, I purposely didn't say anything about the dual robot situation. Right, yes, yes, because I because I wanted to see if how weird it was to you. Yeah, it was weird that in the... So I, I watched some of an episode yesterday and I didn't encounter this, but the first part of this episode, the robot doesn't have Mel Blanc's voice. It has a different, more sort of uh, manly-ish voice, also generic, but it's coming from like his Flava Flav uh, clock that he wears around his neck. And then that's one thing that Buck Rogers talks to is the thing around his neck and he refers to it sort of as a scientist. It's or Dr. Like... Theopolis. <laughs> oh yeah, they call him Theo. Yes. Theo. So I guess there's a doctor in, in, in Twicky's necklace and then Twicky is also a robot. Right. Twicky basically carries <laughs> Dr. Theopolis around and I think flavor, like a Flavor Flav, kind of like a clock. Um, the name Dr. Theopolis is so So again, bad. again, wondering what the situation was, I, I went back and I, I look, watched the first scene ever featuring these two characters, Dr. Theopolis and uh, Tweaky. And I think this is just, I think this is part of why this show didn't do so well, maybe. <laughs> because... If you watch this single episode, you would never have the idea that Dr. Theopolis was one of the leaders of New Chicago. Mm. Would you have gotten that? No, no, no. So, uh, no, I don't know. That doesn't make sense to me. <laughs> no, it, he's a guy. He gets, he gets, you know, toted around the universe like as a purse for this 
tiny. Wait, so so New Chicago is the city? Is the main like sit like a Washington D.C. or like something? I guess like, so. Yeah, it's right. the city that we hear of. Right, right. So he is like one of the leaders of this. Right, and a, and so it's explained that Doctor Theopolis is part of a I guess of a race of computer discs. <laughs> I don't know that that has has eliminated human error over the years and basically the robot they let the robots run things they okay. <laughs> um and dr theopolis is one of this council of of robots and in the first scene we see him uh he talks about how he's creating the uh sunset in new chicago that night like he's they're like these omnipotent things but they have to tag along with buck as he goes to these shitty concerts around the universe uh, and then Tweaky, it's not clear. I, I don't understand what that robot is for. Like no, it's, it's never really explained. He he sort of tags along. He he sort of helps out like a little bit. Like he makes terrible jokes. Yeah, it would just be like if that was the robot that needed to help me in Adventures. I'd be like, can we just reprogram it so it doesn't talk? Like <laughs> why why is it saying all these things yeah. all the time? And nobody ever. You said it before. Like nobody not only says like I don't understand the reference. Nobody even responds to him like more or less they're right. just like it's like i'm talking like important person's talking important person's talking then twicky says a bad joke and then it just keeps going without referencing it right which and, is but every time buck brings up something that somebody doesn't know it's like it's they play the whole moment like this huge joke oh, it's it's so awkward it's so uncomfortable so and and actually the and the first thing that you hear ever hear twicky say on the show ever is bidi bidi beep lachayim? No, I swear that is so stupid. <laughs> Again, like we're hearing all these like jokes about the twentieth, twenty, you know how how foreign this world of the twentieth century is. But Tweaky knows what lachayim is <laughs> because because so the doctor like brings him a drink in the cell that he's held in, and he drink he he's like oh I guess I'll have a drink and then Tweaky so says beady beady beep look I up that's such a weird joke <laughs> that's so funny that's that's the best thing that could be his first line ever that's like unbelievable but then like it just seems they give up on this whole idea that Dr. Theopolis is running the world well I just uh, yeah uh, yeah I don't understand I mean I just didn't understand that why to me as a first time viewer why not just merge the two characters and make Twicky have some information like just give Dr. Theopolis comes up with ideas and things, but he has no personality. So why not just give Twicky those lines and also the Lachaim lines? And he's an interesting character. I like the idea of I like the idea though that they have a character and then they have another character whose job it is to carry that character around. <laughs> I think <laughs> it's, it's so stupid. It's, it's really brilliant. Dumb. I mean, it's brilliant in that way. Um, and I just also like the idea. I just wish that after Lachaim, his first line, he just stayed being like a Jewish robot. Like that, <laughs> that was his thing for the rest of the time. Um, all right, so so let's go a little bit back to the plot. I'm sorry because that's really I. That was the thing that kind of coming into this, I was like, what was the deal with Tweaky? <laughs> yes, I. And again, watching one episode didn't. Oh, I think Twicky's pr- pretty much the most interesting thing about the show and is the most fun. And it's, uh, and it's also, it's a dead eyes, like a really creepy face. Well, it's it's really creepy, and you can at some point, obviously, it's got to be a ripoff of C-3PO and R2-D2 sort of combined. Right. And when you see close-ups of his face, you see there's sort of, there's a person in there, but you can't see him, but the eyes sort of have like, um, it's like metal webbing, so you sort of like can see inside the, it's just creepy. It's really, it's really bizarre. Um, it's very uncomfortable, and it's like everything else in the show is sort of like a rip-off. Um, yeah. And there was even one point where there was like sort of an action scene, and they showed a close-up of Twicky, like, five seconds before he was saying a line and it just sort of was very uncomfortable. I don't know. It's like he has no expressions and uh, it's very uncomfortable. Yeah. It's a strange thing, Tweaky, and I don't understand it. <laughs> and I love it. And I love it. Um, so the, uh, the um, going back to the plot a little bit is, uh, oh, and I, well, no, I'm going to stay to Twiki for one more thing. <laughs> is I also like, he is so interesting, that he starts, like you said, he starts by saying things by saying biddy 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 Yeah, bitty, bitty, bitty. Like, 
Why? I think it's again like trying to like come up with like those cute little sounds that like R two D two makes, but, but which I'm not going to try to make. But uh, <laughs> like beep boop boop beep. Yeah, but very good. Thank uh, you. But I think the thing is, R two D two actually served a function. Yes. And Tweaky doesn't seem to really. Yes, but it's it's just also such a lazy thing to have him just go beady 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 and then just say a line it's like reminder that i'm a robot and then like punchline <laughs> yeah know? it's not it's there's there's no reason for it like no. we know it's a metal ro- like we are looking at it we know it's a robot we don't need that and it's just so generic it's just such a generic idea oh god bitty 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 um so now we're seriously gonna go back to the plot um that uh I mean, uh, that uh, Buck goes to this new planet, and also the funny thing is, like, he goes to the planet... It's not a planet, it's like a space station. Right, it's a space station. I just, the music world, I can't get it out it's of my It's a music head. world. It's a former military operation of right. some kind that has been converted into a music world. Right. And um, when Buck Rogers comes on, Lars Mans... Mangros? Something like that. Um Knows something's up. So he immediately sends, like, thugs to beat him up. Right. And and um, in a very boring action scene, uh, Buck Rogers beats up all four of them. Yep. Uh, Twicky kicks one of them. It says a clever line, and uh, he says "bd bd bd" a clever line. Yeah, exactly. And then um, Buck Rogers, after beating them up, has to go see Lars Mangrove, and basically, like, he knows that he's a bad guy. I feel like they it, there's just this thing of like it's obvious that he's a bad guy. Um, it's obvious that he hates Buck Rogers, but then, like, it just... They just went, sort of go to the next thing. Yeah, they just, like, move on from that. And they're just like, oh, nice to meet you. Like, we we each sort of know that... I know that you sent people to beat beat me up. Yes. But what's next? Yeah, exactly. And then what's next is 30 more minutes of the episode. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's... it's um, And then, so what happens after that? Uh Buck Rogers... Uh, it, he gets introduced to Andromeda. Which is my favorite scene, because Andromeda, not only are they wearing Christmas lights, but they have sort of like rhinestones on their face. Right. Oh, and they're they're in the makeup chair getting the rhinestones either taken off or put they're back on. They're taken off, so it's like these people actually have actual rhinestones on their faces, and one of them's a woman who's talking to Buck Rogers, and you just see fingers sort of picking like plastic things with like like sticky things off her face it's like i've never seen that on well, tv it's supposed to be like glamorous rock and roll stuff but like, it just looks like somebody's picking someone's face yeah. it's like it's disgusting yeah it's, it's just really unappealing and there's another way that they could have showed like taking off a wig or like you know taking off like a set piece for like a, a costume piece. well again they've chosen the most boring yeah, and that's my other sort of um, criticism of the show in general is it is boring. Like, the the action scenes, they take all of the excitement out of them. Like, mm-hmm. there's this part where um, – who's Buck Rogers' boss? The guy who wears the white suit. Um, Dr. Somebody. Dr. Somebody who's not Dr. Theopolis. Yeah. He's, like, on the video phone with Lars, and he's like, we know you're sending out um, – What's it called? Rays. I don't know. Subliminal rays. So we're going to, we, our satellite will, um, you know, block those rays. And then you see Lars Mangroves like push a button and the thing explodes, but there's no music. There's no like build up to it. It's just the most boring, like an explosion is cool. Yeah. It's, it's, he, and not only that, but you notice that, uh, I noticed that, uh, whatever the doctor doctor boring uh turns <laughs> after he after he confronts Lars Mangrove over, over, or whatever his name is over the tele screen he uh he turns it off yeah he turns off the tele screen and then <laughs> Lars Mangrove blows up the thing and then it's back on again right 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 so that so he can get mocked yeah it, it it's just so it's so weird and i feel uh, it's just so boring, and like also like like the show opens with like I'd say maybe three minutes of that song playing yes. the the band playing a song, just sort of moving their hands over fake instruments. Then it ends the same exact way, and neither of the songs have vocals. It's no. like I don't know, maybe it's just me, but if you're writing a show about the future and like music, wouldn't it be fun 
to write vocals, like for a writer, you know, like when you'd be like, oh, this is like a fun idea. We can write like, what would a pop song from 2000, and it's just the most generic, no, there's like no creativity in it. You know what I mean? Uh, I don't know. It might be distracting. I don't know if I would make that choice, but uh, the fact that it didn't have words didn't bother me. They bothered me very much. Really? We're, we're We're in a fight now. All right. No, it didn't bother me that much. I just felt like maybe it's just because it was... This song was on for three minutes, and literally nothing was happening on screen. It was like maybe something would lighten this, or like make you think about something else rather than the same like baseline over and over again. Yeah, no, it wasn't a good song, though it was on the top of the charts in 1979 for 16 weeks straight. I don't think so. Oh, maybe I. I oh, I thought you were going to say that it was. It, well, they were the in the 25th century the most popular group in the that, galaxy. That's true, um, and I also love that that. Um, they're broadcasting it to youth centers. They said, "Oh yeah, <laughs> that all the youth in the future hang out in youth centers." Yeah, it's really weird. I we yeah, nobody hangs out. We had a youth center <laughs> in my in my town that like popped up in high school, and I remember like maybe just checking out once to see what it was, and I was like, "Oh well, I'm never gonna hang out here." Um, did your town have a youth center? I mean, there was like the Jewish community center that I went to, but that's that's different. That was not like a generic youth center. Right, right. Um, yeah, it just feels like, the, to me, a youth center is like what parents are, it's like a last-ditch effort to try to get kids not to do drugs or something like that. I don't know. I don't even really know what it is. I don't know what it is either. It's really like a know. room with maybe like a video game that's like four years older than it than it should be. Um, but, in, but in the future, it's it's where every kid goes to dance. And the rioting that they do, so basically the subliminal messages make them riot, and the rioting that they do varies from um, throwing a chair through plate glass window to stealing Buck Rogers's right um, aircraft. Yeah, you see a lot of destruction in the youth center. I guess is that a youth... No, that's not a youth center. That's some... That's, it's, it's like a bar or it's something. It's a bar. There are bars and there are youth centers. Um, and that action... So, and a, a, a couple steals um, Buck Rogers's airplane or whatever, it's spacecraft that looks exactly like a Star Wars, uh, like Rebel Alliance. Yeah, it really does. And uh, and they're supposed to be going really fast, but there's nothing that would indicate that except for them saying how fast they're going. Right. Yeah, it's dreadful. It's really bad. It's, <laughs> it's um, really really bad. I'm getting bored just talking about it. I'm I've never been more bored than I am right now. No. Um, uh, yeah, it's just uh, and uh, even the names, even the names of the characters are boring. Like Buck Rogers, obviously is it's a heritage thing, so they're right. obviously going to use Buck Rogers. But and maybe maybe the main female character is too, because I don't know anything it's about Wilma them. Deering. But it's Wilma. Like that's like also <laughs> the most boring. I don't know if that's from the original thing either. Um, so uh, yeah, th- it's just really bad. I mean, I feel like uh, this show. I don't know. I feel like in the is this would you say that this was a common thing like the ripoff, the bad ripoff in the seventies? I don't know. I mean, I think that I think that this was certainly this was certainly a ripoff and an attempt to get people to watch a show that looked and felt a little like Star Wars. Uh, and I think that when I was young and watching this show, I, I there was part of me that believed in it just because I had to because mm-hmm. like here are spaceships, they're on my TV, I am going to enjoy this. Um, I don't, I remember during the second, I remember watching it and enjoying it. And then when the second season came on, uh, it got even worse and more confusing. <laughs> uh, and I went back and watched a, a little, one of those and it, uh, Dr. Theopolis is gone, even though he run, he supposedly runs the whole universe in the first episode and he's replaced by this tall, wiry computer that basically acts the same way but it's a it's a again also just a computer not like a person no it's it's like a ro- it's like a a robot, a robot. See, they're it's like a- maybe we should make one of the main characters a necklace <laughs> in, in the second season right <laughs> maybe people can't can't relate to jewelry yeah exactly um sentient jewelry and were you in the 70s were you a big star wars i mean i mean yeah i saw i was just the right age when star wars came out to be to go and see it and be totally blown away by it. Um, do you remember... I'm not going to say how old I am. I won't ask. Okay. Um, when you saw... Because I recently talked to somebody who saw... Um, I mean, I didn't experience this because I, I watched it when I was a kid, probably on tape or something. And uh, 
Luke, I am your father was already a thing that I knew probably even before I saw the movies. Oh, no, I got just, to experience that yeah, so day what, one. Yeah, somebody I re- I've talked to recently was telling me about their experience, like, seeing that and just sort of their mind exploding from it. Do, oh, was sure. that, like, what it was like? Yeah, and, every, and like, everybody, the, you know, next day at school, or, uh, I didn't see, I don't think I saw Empire on the first day it opened, but I definitely saw Jedi on the first day it opened. Um, but yeah, it was a big, big deal at school, and people don't tell anybody and yeah but you and you luckily weren't told beforehand i guess not i guess i must have seen it very early if if not right away i I definitely didn't go to the premiere but i remember waiting in the huge long line to go see jedi that's awesome and it was it it's not that awesome no it's not that awesome (laughs) but it's awesome are you and were, were you Re-excited when the new ones, newer ones, came out. Until I saw them, mm-hmm. I actually, I, I actually walked out of every single one of them. No, you did not. I went to see them and I walked out of every single one of them, which is, in a way, uh, very damning. Yeah, that <laughs> because I do, I, I shouldn't, ha- I should have learned my lesson after the first one. Wow, that's amazing that you do. They're remember, just too boring. Yeah, do you remember any of the spots where you left any of them, or like what was the breaking point that made you leave um, all three of them? I don't. I think I, I made made it through fairly far, but I know that the third act of move of movies and especially movies like that tend to be the worst parts yes. anyway. Yes. So I knew that they weren't going to get any better. I just like that you didn't learn from the first one and then you also didn't I know. The and then one. but then after the second one people were like, "No, no, the third one's much better." Yes, that people were saying that. And it's not true. Yeah. It wasn't a good movie. Um will you see the n- new new one? Maybe. Yeah. Maybe. <laughs> yeah. You didn't definitely have not learned your lesson. Um, uh, will do you see a Buck Rogers, a new Buck Rogers movie? I don't know. I, I don't think I would, but who knows? It could be revamped. They can revamp anything. Um, did you watch Battlestar Galactica, the new, the new I one? I watched a little bit of it. I wasn't as, uh, taken by it as, as a lot of people were. Yeah. I, I, I liked it. I, I liked it and I liked the kind of harder sci-fi aspects of it, but. I don't know. I, I didn't see it when it was on. I, yeah. I didn't have that experience of like waiting for the next week thing, and I I, I did not finish it. Yeah, I I, I got I, it through this through about the third season. That's about where I ended uh, as well. I got through about three, and people were telling me the finale was amazing and all that was amazing, but I I, I didn't see it after a while. I just didn't see it. Yeah, there's not. There's only so much TV somebody can watch. Um, and do you have, um, like, since it seems that you are a sci-fi fan. No, not no. really. I mean, not especially. No, so you're not, so. It, um, I was just, I, if I'm watching a sci-fi movie, I would like it to have ideas in it. <laughs> That's all. Yeah, I understand that. Um, but were, you were a sci-fi fan when you were a kid. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm a sci-fi fan as much as I'm a fan of anything, so yeah. So you are a sci-fi fan. Okay, fine. Yes, I got him to say it. Um, what would be <laughs> your face after I said that? I don't was, like. I don't think I own a single sci-fi movie on. on I, I I'd say probably the same as me. I, okay. I do have all the Star Trek VHSs, oh, but yeah. I found those on the street. So okay, that's I've never seen them, so that proves that I'm I'm also not. Um, I don't know why I'm trying to deny that I'm a sci-fi. Fan. <laughs> <laughs> Let's talk about that. The scene in the in where they escape. Let's explain. Oh right, because the, uh, they get they 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 catch on that that Buck has ca- caught on. Mangroves and Richard Mole Bull from Night Court, who who basically had no. Um, oh, the only thing I learned from him being in this is what his smile looks like. Yeah, um, which I I did not remember that he has a lot of gaps in his teeth, like me. I think that was also oh no nineteen seventy eight. I guess Superman 2 hadn't come out yet. No, he looks like Zod from... He looks a little like Zod from Superman. But I don't looks, know if... That, had that come out yet? I don't think it did. I don't think so. I think that was early 80s. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, he was terrible. I mean, it was a thankless role. But they all are. <laughs> they all are. Um, but he... Um, basically, uh, Buck tells the band Andromeda... He, he tells them what the deal is. And the reason that they're not... Um, they're not turning into riot kids is because of the amulets that they wear. Yeah, they're wearing little necklaces. Which was a gift from Lars. More, more jewelry-based sci-fi. 
More, more they love jewelry. <laughs> they love jewelry on Buck Rogers. Um, so he he explains to him what the deal is, and he takes off one of their amulets to show them what happens when they listen to the music, and 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 one of the band members goes crazy and tries to kill him, mm-hmm. and uh, and then they they think that they owe it to Lars Mangross to say like to to approach him about this rather than moving forward with a plan to stop it. They're like, we he's our manager, we owe him a lot. Yeah, let's go talk to him. And he immediately puts them in... He puts them all in prison. In space jail. In space prison. Well, in a, in a space closet. In a Basically, space. <laughs> a space equipment closet with all the instruments. With all their instruments. Right. So uh, could you explain how they escape that room? Because Buck also gets thrown in the space, pr- space closet. Yes, and they get out by somehow uh, tuning the instruments to some kind of frequency that... Uh, breaks open the door yes. by putting it like hooking it up to a speaker and turning off the cp cpc something governor, governor. the cpc governor and uh you know that'll do it yeah that that's like another thing for me with with the show is like when one of the most exci- like quote unquote exciting scenes like it's a exciting plot point they're about to escape a room where it's like three things that they say you just don't understand right so the basic thing that would make it exciting doesn't make sense to the audience members. Right. And then when you see it, it what it is, it's literally just a sound. Yes. Like they're like, turn the CPC governor off. And then an instrument. They don't tell you what the rules are. Yeah. And then they just say we won. They, yeah. And then the, the door lock explodes because they're like, how, you know, he goes like, how many cycles can this go? Like an infinite amount or something like yes. that. Like, oh. How would a chromium lock react to that? And then they like jump into action. <laughs> I mean, there's a lot of sci-fi that does that kind of shorthand. Yes, but this was really the laziest of the lazy. Yeah, and it, it, at very least, like you want to see them like put together something. Nothing, like nothing. There's no. just nothing, and that was like one of the more exciting scenes. And then they decide. I mentioned it while we're watching. Like they don't play dramatic music behind those scenes too. So it's very. It's filled with a lot of dead air. And the scenes where they're walking in the spaceship, there's not music. And it's just like, you sort of just feel them moving through these like sets, and it's very uncomfortable. It's quiet. It's very quiet. And, uh, and, to, and of course, shag carpeting is, is... Well, in the future. In, in the future. Well, it's going to... There's a lot of... Uh, it's going to be a lot of shag for acoustic reasons. For, for, well, this is music world. So yes, that's a, true. Let's be honest. If it's music world, you don't want the the floor below you or above you to hear your music on your music floor. Right. Like the trash ducks, that's probably something they added later. Yes. The tra- the trash ducks, which was – the word trash duct was either written or said more in this episode than I've ever heard that term in my life. And, uh, yeah, it's used as a big plot device uh, and the trash duct is exactly big enough for – Tweaky to fit in. Yeah, so one of the plot points... Is, Which is too big for any trash, really. Well, they they say... I didn't even understand that part. Like, they wanted to pull a switch, so they needed to go through a trash duct. Like, that was... <laughs> I didn't understand what that trash... What, what, the, what the lever was that yeah, he was they, supposed to pull. Basically, Twiki had to walk through a trash duct to turn off a switch, and, and Buck Rogers was like, well, a human could never fit in there. And then it's like, well, like obviously they're going to ask Twiki. And then Twiki does it, but when they show the shot of him walking, it's taller than him. It's right. like, I guess, what, Buck Rogers can bend over? Because he's the, been frozen for 500 years? I don't know. But then later, he's like, oh, these ducks are big enough. Come on in. Yeah. At just the right time when he needs to get in a duck from one place to another, those ducks are fine for humans. Oh, God. Every time I think of another scene, like that, just reminded me of another scene. I'm like, oh my god, that was so boring. <laughs> the scene, the scene where where um, Twiki almost gets sucked out into space through the trash duct. But I think that that's like the the whole idea of I, one of the things that appeals to me about these rock and roll episodes yes. is that they try to borrow the mojo of rock and roll. Yes, like, and they always do such a poor job of it because they can't really play good. Muse. I guess they could if they wanted to or had the means to, but it's never good. Right. 
Yeah, no. No, it's not. Um, or it's some kind of kind of stuck-in-time idea of what music of the future is like, which is what I think this is. And uh, it's just rotten. And, like, you don't, get, you don't get any rock and roll mojo by putting shitty bleep blorp music in your show. And it also feels like it's definitely... I mean, not that... I don't know what the music was like specifically in 78 or 79. I don't, I don't know. I guess like punk was happening, but it doesn't feel like a, I feel like disco is still going on, Sure, but it's, it feels like they're like, well, what are kids into? They're into music. Like the writing of it just, it's so clunky. Like there was that line that Buck Rogers says at the beginning when they're talking about music world, he's like, music used to be about expression. I don't know what it exactly (laughs) was, but it's like, it's like nobody says that stuff about music. No. Um, and that's a that's another theme that I see in a, lo- uh, 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 a lot of these uh, kind of around the same time. Uh, there's a special called uh, the Carpenters. The Carpenters. Uh, yeah, the the brother sister right. uh, kind of Karen light Carpenter. rock. Uh, they have a special called uh, the Carpenters Space Encounters. What? Where they? Yeah, it's worth checking out on YouTube. I could. I I, I would have chosen it for this if if it had been available on Netflix. Mm-hmm. But you gave me very strict. You have very strict rules when you're on the um, show. But yeah, they. It's a uh, John Davidson plays a character from outer space who comes down uh, to have the carpenters explain how emotions can be transmitted through music because his people didn't spent. They spent so much time on technology. Wow. They didn't have enough time to concentrate on emotions and music. Isn't is the is the plot for the um Wookiee Christmas thing also about music? No. I I don't I don't think so. There's a musical part of there's uh, right there's, there's a weird in song it. in it, but it's not, I thought it was maybe about like music saving the day as well. No. I don't think specifically that one. Yeah, I just wonder like is now the way that these are all like I guess I assume the Carpenters thing was probably after Star Wars. It was Wars 1980. Well. So, like, is that happening right now with, like, vampires? And I think so. Like, they're, they're like, everything is... A vampire. Everything is a vampire. Like, Taylor Hicks is, like, making a vampire album. And, what? No, no, I'm oh, saying... I don't know. <laughs> I would totally believe that. No, I know. I'm saying, like, that's what the Carpenters did, is they literally... It's like, that's a, as if, like, I don't know, the band One Direction or whatever is like, we're doing our vampire special. Right. Exactly. And they probably are. Are they? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. But it, it's it's so weird to look back and be like, you can literally see where it starts, like Star Wars. Yeah. And then you can see like all the failures surrounding it. Yeah. Everybody wanted a little piece. Everybody wanted a little piece, and they got it. I mean, and I lo- also this this show. The first season was like twenty four episodes or yeah. something like that. It's like they got a lot, and and the. And the first episode was a release, theatrical release movie. Yeah, and it did well. That's so crazy. And again, I think it's just because, oh, it's in space. It's it's like Star Wars. It has some special effects like that. We will go see it. And they weren't wrong. I no. mean, they were wrong. I mean, Eventually, they were wrong. Eventually, they were wrong. People, but, uh, event, but, yeah, people went to see that. And they, their Battlestar Galactica movie apparently also... Uh, was released theatrically, and w- w- the actor who plays Buck Rogers is that anybody notable? I mean, I don't know who. I think that... he's known for that. I don't but know. He was like also just very no charisma, just sort of like the the maybe the best ending shot I've seen in a TV show in a long time, <laughs> which was um, after Twicky says uh, like "Long live rock and roll." He sort of gives a thumbs up and says like "Right on, man" or something. You got it, or you something. You got it. It's terrible. Which remi- my favorite um, ever freeze frame at the end of a TV show or movie is in uh, Taking of Pelham One Two Three. Have you seen that from the original? The one. original. One. I don't remember it. But... It's um, what's his name? Walter Matthau, the guy who's one of the robbers. Like he steals the money and it's under his bed, and he catches like Walter Matthau catches him in a lie, and the, like he, he at the end of the movie, the guy might get away scot free in the scene, like. Walter Matthews in there sort of interrogating him in, in this guy's apartment. Then as he's leaving, the guy says something that like makes him know that it's him. I think he might sneeze. And then Walter Matthau just opens the door and goes like, huh? Like one like, uh. and it freezes on his face and like an action movie. And, and it, and it's just amazing. Yeah. The, it, and it was not, it was about 
I think it was probably the third or fourth worst joke in the show. Yes. I mean, they're barely jokes. They're like references. They're, they're oh, God, yeah. I think, um, I'm sure there's a Twicky Wiki where it has um, <laughs> every line, If and if there's not, there should be one where all of his lines are lined up. Well, at least Yes. And I, I promise you, go find that first scene with Tweaky. He says, L'chaim. I I will absolutely um, look it up. Um, oh, one and the, uh, one of the other future things. <laughs> they co-opted everything because the, the Dr. Theopolis or whatever, I wrote down that it's totally Hal, to, uh, Hal from 2001. Bit, yeah. Like the voice sounds like it and it's just a light. Mm-hmm. Um, and one of the other things I liked on in this episode was... Um, how the woman from Andromeda gave autographs. Oh, she had like a little electronic... Like a flashlight. Yeah, flashlight. Like a, a scanner. And then she complained about it hurting her hand. Yeah, which was like another like 1979 joke. Yeah. Terrible. Oh, so bad. Um, was there anything that you wrote down that we didn't cover? Or No, I was just... I was really taken by Tweaky. The, the whole... Uh, I, again, like... I think kind of looking back on it, remembering it from when I was a kid, I, I thought to myself, oh, Tweaky didn't make any sense. Maybe there's something I'm missing. No, actually, Tweaky didn't make any sense. So you, when you were a kid, you actively like, were like, oh, this is... Well, I, because Star Wars was such a thing, and okay. I think that part of... I think, again, I was at the right age to be disappointed by this. <laughs> like, at the same time that I was, I was at the right age to be inspired by Star Wars, I think that the, the first season, like, I was still kind of on board... But then the second season, it goes off, like, crazily off the rails even further. They ditch Dr. Theopolis, and there's this um, really weird, like, they encounter this race of of bird people. And they wear these terrible bird cowls, and there was something just really, I just found it really creepy and not interesting. And I just, that's, like, I knew, oh, this this actually sucks. Yeah, this is bad. This is actually bad. This has nothing to do with Star Wars. This is shitty. Yeah, that's And that's why it, probably every other kid realized that at the same exact time. And, that's why and then, was... yeah, it only lasted another half a season. Oh, God. Oh, boy. Um, well, I thank you very much for introducing me to to the show. I'm really sorry. No, I, I it's uh, it's great. It's one of those things, too, where I've, like, heard of buck roger like i've heard obviously heard of the original and then sort of this is like forgotten like i, I didn't even know about this show really at all for good for good reason yeah um so this thanks so a much. big waste of everybody's time yeah and, and we've just wasted more and uh that's what tv is all about really <laughs> um so thanks so much eric thank for, you that was um, so fun for um doing it with me thank you uh, buck rogers also, hearing those characters say the word name Buck over and over is very sort of, there's something very strange about it as well. Yeah, the way Tweaky says Buck, it really is very unrobotic. Yeah. Buck. Ugh. It's God. Gross. I'll um, probably right now, after we say goodbye, I'll put an audio sting of Buck, of, uh, of Tweaky saying something. Will you say Lachaim? I'll find that I, clip. Just I'll because find it's that so cl- unbelievable that he, that's actually it. I can guarantee right after what I say right now, you're going to hear that noise. Thanks so much, Eric. Thank you.